Hello and welcome to another episode of Cam Fu and Friends. I'm your host, Cam Fu, joined by my co-host, Christiana. And we have a special guest here today, Mr. Jared Shaco. Hey, what's happening, people? Welcome to Good the to show. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I want to have you on for a full episode, but today you're just yeah. here to play a game. Now, uh, Jared is... We're going uh, to publicly humiliate him. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I, I know you are. You don't want to pick the <laughs> questions. So. I know. I'm the question picker <laughs> this week. Now, Jared uh, is normally the co-host uh, with his brother on the DVD Weekly podcast, a podcast that... Christiana and I listen to and participate in yeah. uh, on their Facebook page. So really good podcast. Listen to it, if especially if you're a DVD or Blu-ray collector. Um, but today you're here for a game. Uh, if you listened last episode, you heard Christiana and I play this game a little bit. But today we're going to actually compete. So Christiana, Ooh. why don't you introduce the game to everybody? Um, well, basically this week I picked out some questions, mostly movie-themed questions. There's a couple... Randoms in there, and two bonus sex questions at the end if we get that oh, far. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I don't, I don't think we will, but just in case, that's the theme of the bonus questions when we get there. Um, basically, you each get a minute to answer as many questions as possible. You have as many guesses as you want to answer the correct. Um, if you don't get it right, you can just pass. Um, so feel free to spend as much time on a question as you want, but you only get a minute. And that's basically the rules. We're going to send Cameron out first. All right. And put a minute Don't on the listen, clock. Don't listen, Cameron. Go far I'm away. I'm my best not to listen. What kind of prizes then, we got for this action? Uh, that's Cameron's biz. We'll discuss that afterwards. <laughs> so Cameron's leaving the studio. And we're getting ready. Are you ready, Jared? I think I'm ready. This is your time to say anything you want about Cameron without him hearing. I love the guy. He's, he's the one that scores my the over-under on our Facebook. I can't. I that's got nothing, true. I think he's bad. cheating, though, because... Uh-oh. Wait a second. I no. don't check it that closely. I do. No. I was I was pretty far ahead. You and were, and then what happened? It, was, it looked like I your got, score stayed the same for that's like That's what I'm three saying. Weeks. I got both wrong last week. Mm. I went. Oh, that's rough. I went over under, and it was under over. <laughs> Cameron and I had a big Hate discussion it about happens. it last time. All right, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right, feel free to pass if you don't know. 60 one. seconds, you said? 60 seconds. Uh, and in the Nancy Drew books, what color was Nancy Drew's hair? Red. Correct. What is the name of the jet that the vice president flies on for personal or government business? Air Force Two. Correct. Wow. What Adam Sandler comedy features Bob Barker's screen debut? Happy day, uh, Happy Gilmore. Correct. Who was the first female to direct a movie that raked in over $100 million? Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, pass. Can I come back if I need if I Yeah, if we pass. run out of questions. What 1996 movie was hyped with the line, it will blow audiences right out of the theater? Die Hard. No. Oh, God. Pass. What Pulp Fiction star once served as Bill Cosby's stand-in on The Cosby Show? Samuel Jackson. Correct. What one city must a movie play in to be eligible for an Oscar? Los Angeles. Correct. Titanic won 11 Oscars, but how many was it nominated for? 13. No. 14. Correct. Bonus question. In some religions, mistletoe represents what? (sighs) Pass. Uh, What type of creature has seven penises in assorted shapes and sizes? And we're out of time, so you get one one guess. Octopus. No. Damn it. All right, we're going to bring Cameron in. All right. And one second, you can stay there. Oh, okay, I'll stay here. Actually, just kidding. We should have Cameron sit there so he has his microphone. Yeah, sounds good. Did you hear? No, I can Okay. Okay. All right, so Cameron's coming back in the studio. All right, how do you do? Am I left? I don't he, even know how I do. Oh, he did, oh. Right? he did pretty good. Oh, crap. 
pressure's, pressure's on. He's going to get the one I missed for sure, though. He definitely utilized the pass, and I think that that was, that was your downfall when we played just you and me. Yeah. And we both did that. We spend way too much time trying to guess a question, and yeah. he's really good at passing. I, I'm really know. bad at trivia. Like, <laughs> So there was a Beatles question. And, ba- oh. <laughs> and since, since you have no time limit, you can basically just name right. each Beatle. Well, <laughs> the first one I said was John McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> and and awesome. after, needless when, to when say, it didn't up, count. And then, and then I said Ringo Starr, and then that was it. I couldn't think of the other ones. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are the other ones called? <laughs> and so, uh. and so she's reading back the answers, and she goes, "So the answer was Paul McCartney," and I'm like. What did I say? And, and then I listened back and I said, John McCarthy. You were really close. Yeah, that was really, really close. Okay, I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready? I'm ready. Take a deep breath. This is the first one. So we're going to be scoring on the website, Camfu versus Guests. So we don't want to start off with a Camfu on under the zero oh, man. mark. I'm just starting it out Pressure's there. Pressure's on. I know, I know. Pressure okay. is on. All, All right. right. Ready? Yeah. In the Nancy Drew books, what color was Nancy Drew's hair? Red. Correct. What is the name of the jet that the vice president flies on for personal or government business? Air Force One. No. Uh, Say it again. What is the name of the jet that the vice president flies on for personal or government business? Ooh, vice president. Uh, Pass. What Adam Sandler comedy featured Bob Barker's screen debut? Happy Gilmore. Correct. Who was the first female to direct a movie that raked in over $100 million? Steven Spielberg. Female. Oh, female. Sorry. <laughs> oh, pass. What 1996 movie was hyped with the line, it will blow audiences right out of the theater? Audiences right out of the theater. Star Wars? No. Star Trek? No. Pass. What Pulp Fiction star once served as Bill Cosby's stand-in on The Cosby Show? Samuel L. Jackson? Correct. What one city must a movie play in to be eligible for an Oscar? New York. No. Los Angeles. Yes. Titanic won 11 Oscars, but how many was it nominated for? 12. No. 13. No. 14. We're out of time, so you don't get any more guesses. (laughs) It was 14, though. (sighs) All right. I wish I had a pen. We'll go over the answers. You both got the first one right. In the Nancy Drew books, what color was Nancy Drew's hair? The answer was red. What is the name of the jet that the vice president flies on? That's Air Force Two. Total guess. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm just like, Air Force Two? <laughs> Jeez. That's right. So Jared Two, Cameron One. What happy? What Adam Sandler comedy featured Bob Barker's screen debut? That's Happy Gilmore. Yes. You both got that right. So we got uh, 3-1, right? Yes. Yes. Who was the first female to direct a movie that raked in over $100 no. million Was 3-2, sorry. 3 Three two. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Wasn't yeah. it? Uh, I okay. Like so, her a lot. I, was, that'd be my guess. It was Penny Marshall. Oh, oh God, never mind. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Oh, Penny Marshall. Yeah. Uh, what 1996 movie was hyped with the line "It will blow audiences right out of the theater"? Twister. Twister. Neither oh, of you got that. Geez. What Pulp Fiction star once served as Bill Cosby's stand-in? That was Samuel L. Jackson. What one city must the movie play in? You both got that. That's Los Angeles. Uh, Titanic won 11 Oscars, but how many was it nominated for? It was nominated for 14. Jared ended up getting that right, so I think that puts Jared two uh. points ahead of you. He also got asked both of the sex bonus yeah, questions. Let's see if he knows them. Does he get All right. Yeah, let's just see. Okay, this doesn't do count, but uh, we'll do it, yeah. In some religions, mistletoe represents what? Um. The answer is... Right. Like, the answer is God's testicles. What? <laughs> huh? What? Some religions, guys. 
Wow. Then the second question was, what type of creature has seven penises in assorted sizes and shapes? Mm, jellyfish? No. Ooh. That's a good I said octopus. You both sea creatures. <laughs> yeah. Think more annoying and creepy. Spider? Uh, more no. annoying. Snakes? No, it's cockroach. Ooh, what? Which is the name kind of cockroach? Eh, eh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's why, but that's, that's clever. All okay. right, well, so that's all. Jared's our first winner. I bow to you, Jared. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you win a gift card. What? Worth fifteen dollars to Fandango. Damn. Go see a movie and two kernels of popcorn. Hey, that's appreciated. <laughs> you just get the two kernels though. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. Because that's thank all you're you gonna much. be able to buy that's off awesome. it. Yeah, no, thank you for being the first uh, to play this game with us. It was a pleasure, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to play this game on our next episode, all you have to do is comment on this episode on Facebook, and then we'll put your name in a pool. And we'll draw your name, maybe, and then you get to play for a chance to win your own gift card. So, Jared, thank you very much. We're going to say goodbye to you now and continue on with the show. Bye, Jared. All right, so that game was pretty fun. Now let's get to some movie news. First off, I wanted to mention that X-Men Days of Future Past has hit half a billion dollars worldwide. So quickly. Um... It's already the highest-grossing X-Men movie to date. Um, I actually tried to go see this over the weekend, and I couldn't because, well, I ended up not wanting to because I I went there, and I didn't look at movie times. I just showed up at the theater, looked at the times, and the closest time was like an hour and a half away, and it was only 3D. And then the next 2D showing was like two and a half hours away. Jeez. And I was like, screw that. I'm not going to go pay $15 to go see it in 3D and then wait around. That's how they make so much money is they have more more 3D showings than 2D showings. (laughs) And I think um, the sole reason they make so much money, Jennifer Lawrence's boobs. Her blue (laughs) titties. They are quite out there, but... uh, And they're quite blue. I don't think that's why, though. I think so. I think that's an added benefit. Maybe. Everyone loves Jennifer Lawrence, though, and I think that, that she'd be the only reason I went and saw the movie, <laughs> being not a huge X-Men fan. Okay. Also, not a... Never mind. What? <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say I'm not a big fan of boobs, but well, there it's you not go. that I'm not a fan of boobs. It's just that I'm not a lesbian. Does that make sense? You, you, I'm a fan of my boobs. Hooray for boobs, but not other people's boobs? No, or... I don't... I didn't want to give across the wrong impression, like I'm a big boob fan. We know you're not a lesbian. You have a boyfriend. He could be a cover. <laughs> Just kidding. I love what what you. is that? So so when a when a gay guy gets a girlfriend, that's his beard. What what is it for the opposite? Wait, what? You know you know if like um, if a gay guy mm-hmm. or, or someone who uh, a guy who people think might be gay, uh-huh. he starts dating a girl. Yeah. And she's his beard. Uh-huh. You've heard that saying, right? Yeah. What would it be for the opposite? So if like where people think a you're a lesbian, but so you start dating a guy. He's my my luscious flowing headlocks. <laughs> he's my Lesbians can have luscious flowing headlocks. I don't okay, he's my <laughs> Oh, that's he's my bra. I'm trying to think of things like, <laughs> that girls have that boys don't. I know. It's tough. I don't think there is one. A bra. Well, 
But lesbians wear bras. Dang it. <laughs> You're right. But you Not know, that gay guys don't have well, beards. Lesbians okay. could have beards. <laughs> I've seen girls with beards before. That's true. It's possible. That's true. That okay. saying is null and void, according to me, <laughs> as of right now. All right, we got way off topic. Continue. <laughs> um, the success of X-Men Days of Future Past has caused um, a, uh, a sequel, another X-Men movie that will be coming out. It'll be called, probably called, X-Men Apocalypse. And uh, Brian Singer, which I, I'm surprised about this, Brian Singer, the director, is planning on returning. And with all the controversy going around with him, I'm kind of surprised they're still going with him. But, uh, you know, whatever. He, he's a good director. So I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? Sure. I haven't seen the movie, nor do I really plan on it anytime soon. And do you so. even know what Brian Singer is accused of doing? Nope. Okay, well, there you go. His name sounds kind of familiar. It should be. He's, he's done a lot do? of stuff. Uh, well, I mean... He's done other X-Men movies. He did Superman Returns. No, I want to know why he's in trouble. Oh. No, just read about it online. I don't want to talk about it on the show. Oh, it's it pretty bad? depressing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's accused I've, of... I've read enough depressing stuff today, though, so I think that I'm good for a what, while. What? Like what? Like, did you hear about those 13-year-old girls? Uh, oh, oh, the, the ones that the 12-year-old. Stabbed... Oh, yeah. 12. Yeah, you're right. right? I thought they said 13, but maybe not. The Slender Man stuff? Yeah. Yes, yes. That is concerning. So um, for those who haven't heard the news, um, two girls are under arrest and uh, are going to be charged as adults for attempted murder of a classmate of theirs. Um, It's alleged. I don't want to be liable. Right, sure. Yeah. I learned this in (laughs) broadcast school. Oh, my goodness. They allegedly... (laughs) Lured their friend into the woods to play hide and seek. I think we're okay. I don't think any of their family members are going to listen to this. Allegedly stabbed over 19 times. Right. Allegedly Allegedly stabbed their classmate 19 times in the woods. Amazingly did not kill her. Apparently Um, they were a millimeter away from hitting a major artery. Yeah. So That's how close um, she was to dying. But Yeah. The girl survived and went into like emergency surgery right after uh, and they were inspired by the Slender Man meme, a cult, cult following. Yeah, well, apparently really it started know. as like there's a website where people write in fictional horror Fan stories. Fiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of emerged there in 2009. It's been 2000. It's been five years since he was like created, if you will. And uh, apparently he blew up in popularity along with like a couple other of the fictional horror story characters and uh yeah it was i don't know they read about him online they there's a game that's been going around where um there's a lot of youtube videos of people like playing this game in the dark and getting scared and and uh yeah so i mean it's still i guess pretty popular i mean i never heard of him before but yeah i actually (laughs) i actually hadn't either but when i read about it i was like i'm kind of not surprised that this exists and maybe I've seen it in some form or fashion, but just didn't know what it was. I was like, when I saw like, him, he looked kind of familiar because he's kind of like in a like in a tuxedo almost, and he's really yeah. tall and stretched out. And yeah, um, I mean, I didn't read too much about him. I kind of was more interested in the story itself, but I would be kind of interested to go back and read a little bit more about him. It's kind of funny because one of my Facebook friends, I hope he's not listening. That would be weird, but I don't talk to him much. But he said he called him Slendy. He's like, man, I haven't heard about Slendy in like three years. So I'm oh. like. 
So was he's this like, like, they're pals. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a, is this what people who are in the know call him? Like, oh, it's not Slender Man, it's Slendy. Mm. And so maybe we should start calling him Slendy so that we, we fit in with the in crowd. No. No, I don't no. think so either. It I think seems, it was kind of weird. But yeah, so he said really that creepy. and it kind of weirded me out because I was like, what are you doing in your free time? Yeah. Reading about this dude, you have a nickname for him. So, so. so this Slender Man stuff, uh, I mean, how do you... Okay, I mean, I'm not going to ask the question, how do you prevent it? Because obviously, if these girls had parents who were paying attention to what they were doing, mm-hmm. that probably would have stopped this. Well, see, and Don and I had a pretty pretty big uh, debate, not a debate, maybe a debate, about this earlier, because he was saying that um, something must have gone wrong in one of these girls' lives for her to... For them to do this, because it kind of seemed like one was the leader and one was kind of just right. following. I got that sense too. Which, regardless, I did read in the article that they got iPads at school, where the school said that they were going to be monitoring the kids' use on them, and the parents, I guess, think that that's where they had been playing the game or had kind of originally stumbled upon this guy. Apparently, they've been pl- pl- bleh, planning this since December, so that's a long time too. But regardless of that, Don and I kind of got into a debate about this, and he's kind of was in the mindset of almost blaming the parents or some traumatic event that the kid had in their life. And I'm kind of on the opposite side. I mean, granted, who knows? But really, I mean, they're kids. They're 12 years old. Like, when I was 12, I was all about playing outside and making up fantasy worlds, you know? And I mean, like, maybe not 12, but pretty close. Like, they're still children. They don't really understand the concept of death and the repercussions of their actions on these kinds of things. And and with video games and movies and stuff that kind of desensitizes you to like real like to those consequences and while i'm the last person who blames like mass murders on video games and things like that i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying that it definitely plays a factor in desensitizing people you know what i mean to death like you die you come right back to life you know what i mean and so while they're still kids i think that maybe multiple i mean there's so many different factors that could have gone into this but I don't want to directly, in my mind, accuse the parents immediately. You know what I mean? I guess I guess a little bit. I mean, obviously, it doesn't lay all on the parents, but they should at least be aware of what content their kids mm-hmm. are looking at, in my opinion. Um, you exactly, know, but any co- you can watch Tom and Jerry and they die. You know what I mean? Yeah, Anything you yeah, watch these days violent, really right. kind of... <clears throat> now, yeah, I, I mean, I heard that argument, too, uh, you know, that... Um, you know, when I was 12 years old, I was running through the forest and climbing trees mm-hmm. and whatever. And and I agree with that, but I think kids are growing up faster. Mm-hmm. Like, just from watching my daughter go into kindergarten, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're already learning subtraction? Like, I don't think I started learning subtraction until, like, the second grade. Mm-hmm. And kids in kindergarten are already doing subtraction, mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing to me and she's getting it so i think part of it is also 12 years old now isn't what 12 years old was back when we were 12. exactly and i mean and also 12 years old now is they treat them as more mature people too and so they get hit with more mature content right regardless of whether or not they're ready for mature content so now um but they're yeah i so i i still want to blame the parents because it's it's like, okay, even if the parents were allowing them to look at this stuff, that's bad. Mm-hmm. If they didn't know that the kids were looking at this stuff, that's bad. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, 
But no what if they were outcome. doing it entirely at school? I mean, they could come home. They could be talking about it. But their parents if don't know what Slenderman is. You know what I mean? I'm going to be putting all sorts of stuff on there to be able to track what they're doing. But what, it's the school's iPad. The school didn't give them an iPad. The school's I, I can, like I should it still out. have the ability to do that. But or I'm, I'm just going to say, sorry, my daughter doesn't get an iPad. Yeah, and that makes sense. But you're all, you also come from a, a more IT background. A lot of parents think, oh, iPad, it's the school iPad. Yeah. There's no way they can access anything bad. But I know when I was in high school and stuff, that was the big thing when they blocked MySpace was the big deal. And everyone wanted to check their MySpace at yeah. school. So we all got proxies so we could bypass the internet or whatever. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. But, yeah, so, I mean, if a kid wants to get a hold of something, they're going to get a hold of it regardless of whether or not the parents find out. I agree. But, yeah, but then why aren't the parents just distilling into their minds like, hey, this is violent content. Like, we don't know anything about Slender Man, but just know that's violent. Like, but what if they don't? That's bad. What if they're ne- never brought up to Slender Man? What if you know what I mean? If yeah. they don't, if you don't know your kid's doing something, you can't tell them it's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do we fix this then? How do we prevent this from happening again? We don't. I don't think we can. I don't think with the way technology's expanded, information's so easy to access. I don't think that there's really a a good way that we could prevent it. I mean. What about Obviously. parental education then? Like teaching, teaching. So I mentioned like putting trackers mm-hmm. on the iPad or, you know, I some type of software help, that will send data back to yeah. the parents. But there's a lot of parents who don't want to embrace that. There's people who don't want to embrace technology. Yeah, they don't want to, some people aren't as involved in their kids' lives and don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely I true. mean, I think that that's a, a fantastic idea and I think that that would actually help a lot. I think... Especially my parents. My parents always wanted to know everything I was doing and what I was looking at. But my mom, sorry, mom, if you're listening, is the most technology illiterate person I've ever (laughs) met. She can't even turn on a computer. Like, she's pretty bad. Mm. And she knows it. Mm. And so that was kind of my savior in high school when they had first put, like, grades online. I was like, ooh, my mom can't figure out how to get (laughs) online. Not that I had bad grades, but to her, an A- minus was bad. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a big deal, but I think that if she had the opportunity to learn those things, she would definitely want to do it, mm-hmm. and she would want to educate herself. So there are people out there who I think that it would be good for, and now we've really gotten off topic. Well, Just, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's relevant because Slender Man is books, an and books are entertainment. And there's that, the, I think the game is more popular now. Yes, there's a game. Creepily there's probably a couple of them, I, I would imagine. Yeah, on the actual site, though, they have, like, one game where you're, like, running through the forest and you have, like, a little flashlight. So it's, like, a dark screen with, like, a little flashlight yeah. beam of light yeah. and you have to find, like, manuscripts. But right. the manuscripts are really creepy. And sometimes Slenderman finds you and chases you. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's kind of creepy. Look, I didn't look too deep into it. I know a lot of people were calling, like, the really extreme people were calling for a ban on books for children, like... You know, maybe a certain uh, rating level on books. and But they didn't get it from a book. Granted, I mean, they not saying they couldn't yeah. or someone in the future could read Harry Potter and th- you know what I mean? Right. No, so, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think they were also thinking of future stuff and past mm-hmm. stuff. Like, hey, people have sometimes taken books out of context and murdered on behalf of whatever yeah. story they were reading or inspired by. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a sad really depressing story because i mean just you can't imagine two 12 year olds stabbing someone 19 exactly times I like and yeah it's sickening but what can you do um 
We can talk about something else. That's what we can do. Let's talk about something happier. <laughs> what do you got for me? Uh, happier. Hmm. This might Funnier? be neutral. Uh, so last uh, week we found out some information about the new Jurassic Park movie, which is called Jurassic World. It's uh, technically Jurassic Park 4. Um, there were some plot leaks that came out online. And so a were couple... Were they anywhere close to what we had predicted? <laughs> so, yeah, Christiana and I actually made predictions on what the plot is going to be for the next Jurassic Park. And, um, no, we were way off. Were we? Yeah. I don't even remember what mine was. I think it had something to do with, like, a sex slave trade, but... Oh, my goodness. Didn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be a segment on our on our video podcast, and we ended up not having enough time, so we ruled it out, but... Right. We filmed one of them. I like remember that. my idea was that um, people, like humans, uh, are like, hey, let's go check out, you know, what used to be Jurassic Park. And they go there. They're like, maybe we'll see a dinosaur or two. And they go there and they oh, see and they that. Trapped, they right? No, they see that uh, humans are in the cages. Yeah. And the dinosaurs are running the park. Like, they've taught themselves yeah, how I, to I, run the so park. I remember yours. I can't remember <laughs> what mine was now. I was like, wouldn't that be so awesome? And so they're, like, trying to run away from the dinosaurs to make sure they don't get caught and yeah, put in right? cages. <laughs> dinosaurs just. It's a huge twist. Pain and, like. Smaller dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. As payment, I don't know. Yeah. So some plot leaks came out, and um, a couple movie news agencies decided to catch up with the director and kind of ask him, you know, what what is true and what's not, because otherwise people are just going to speculate on the story, and that could cause some issues. So uh, this is... I'm going to quote the director of Jurassic World here. He says... Jurassic World takes place in a fully functional park on Isla Nublar, which is uh, where the original Jurassic Park took place. Now, it sees, at this point, it sees more than 20,000 visitors every day. You arrive by ferry from Costa Rica. It has elements of a biological preserve, a safari, a zoo, and a theme park. So there is a uh, a luxury resort with hotels, restaurants, nightlife, and a golf course. And there are dinosaurs. Real ones. So you can get close to them, uh, closer to them than you ever imagined possible. It's the realization of John Hammond's dream, and I think you'll want to go there. That's what he said. So, so Basically, I already just foresee this being a, a Jurassic Park 1. Only it with more people. It kind of is, just that it's open yeah, and I was say it's, is being used. Yeah, it's a park yeah. open. Right. And evolved a little bit. I can see where this is going. The dinosaurs are going to break out. Yeah. Hell's going to break loose. Yeah, they have to. And, yeah, that's, I mean, while that's, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see more people there. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be fun. It'll probably be a fun ride through the movie, but... It's not really kind of the new take I was hoping exactly, for, I guess. Exactly. It's not really as fresh of a take as you would I mean, I guess we can't expect. really say right now because we don't really know what it's about. But from that, I mean, you can't really see much, it going much differently, really. Yeah. No, totally. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I think the interesting parts are going to be seeing it as an active park. Um, he mentions in this interview, I don't have it written down here, but he mentions like, you know, he, at this point he wants Jurassic Park to be a very normal thing in the world. Like kids literally have their backs face towards a T-Rex texting their girlfriend. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, a T-Rex, no big deal. Yeah. You know, at this point, uh, since it's been so long. So, um, you know, that's what we know about Jurassic World so far. Uh, I'll probably still watch it because I enjoy the series, but um, it doesn't have that grasp on me that I that I would have hoped. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, but I, I would say that I'm probably going to see it. It sounds <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so... I wanted to talk about True Detective, which is a show on HBO and a show that Christiana needs to watch. I know. We all need to convince her to watch it because it's one of the best shows in the last mm, five years, I would say. I'm working on it. Yeah. I really am. I mentioned it to Jeff the other day and he seemed pretty on board, but we're trying to wrap up the first season of American Horror Story right now. Yeah, you're going to be stuck in that for a while. I know. I have two more episodes left of the first season. Okay. And uh, Jared was actually, yeah, Jared was telling me that the second season is his favorite. And when I mentioned that to Jeff, he was like, oh, second season, all right. And I didn't think that he was going to want to go into the the second season because I I couldn't really tell how he was feeling about the first. But it it got him enough to where he wanted to keep watching. Yeah. So that's good. But now I know that he's definitely going to want to move on to the first or to the second. Yeah. So, but yeah, we... I mentioned it to him, and he was like, oh, another show. Like, I think he's just tired of having shows that I want to watch. But, but then he ends up loving them. Right? I think that he will, because I, I told him that uh, we're addicted to House of Cards. Right. I mean, granted, we finished them all, but addicted for a while. Mm-hmm. I told him that you said it, this this show was better than House of Cards. And he's like, hmm, well, maybe we could find some time yeah, there you go. to watch it. So awesome. We'll see how it goes. But... It's only eight episodes. True oh, Detective really? is only eight episodes long. Um are they in the... What season are they in right now? They just... They they've just only had one season. Oh, okay. So... That's reasonable. It's, it's quite... It's still a fresh show. It stars Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as uh, two detectives who are trying to solve uh, a serial murderer, serial killer, uh, down in the bayous of Louisiana. So, uh, creepy setting... Uh, creepy premise. It's it's really really good, and the acting is phenomenal. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, especially McConaughey, has just been amazing lately. Um, both of them are just so good. Um, but uh, it's funny that you mentioned American Horror Story because these two series kind of have a similar uh, aspect to them, and that mm-hmm. in that they are anthology series, meaning that. Uh, they're a little bit different, though. American Horror Story, what they do is it's a different story every season, but the characters are different. But so they the re- But they act- reuse yeah. the actors to portray different characters, right? In True Detective, it's strict. It's a strict anthology series, meaning that um, it's a completely different story, completely different actors, no reference to past seasons. So season two is not going to have Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have Woody Harrelson. And it's going to be a different story, different killer or whatever it's about, different setting. Everything's different. See, and I, and I like that because, not one, not a lot of shows do that. And two, if you want to start watching a show and you want to keep up, kind of like Game of Thrones where it's like you have to keep up or else you're going to ruin something every week. If someone gets into the show, they don't want to have to go back to season one and rewatch the whole thing. They right. can just start the beginning of season two, yeah, and have enough and watch them out of order. Um, I really like that premise. I don't think I'd like it if every show did it that way mm-hmm. because that would get really annoying really fast. Mm-hmm. But it's really refreshing when a couple of shows do it like that. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to know that when you get to the end of the season, you're not going to be left on a cliffhanger. 
for the next season. Right. That's and a that's, good point. And that was kind of my biggest excitement for American Horror Story, seeing where it's going. I was like, two episodes left. I was like, if they leave me on a cliffhanger and be really mad. Mm-hmm. And granted, while they can still kind of leave you guessing, yeah. you kind of know that you're never going to get an answer because they're never going to come back to it. Right. So it's... It's kind of good in that aspect, and so yeah, I'm actually really interested, almost more interested to watch it now that you say yeah. that. Well, the interesting tidbit for um, True Detective season two is that this season is going to have three lead actors Ooh. in the uh, series, and it's going to shift from Louisiana to California. So we're going to have a California setting with three big stars. Uh, supposedly, as the main detectives in the show. And I'm really looking forward to it because season one was awesome. It's got the same producer, creators sticking by, directors are coming back. Do they have so. any sort of time frame when season two is planning on being released? I have or? not heard a time frame, but I would imagine end of the year. That's okay. that's what my guess would be. And that's not too long to wait. Yeah, that gives you plenty of time to watch season one. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so in other movie news, we found out that Oliver Stone, the famous director, is going to be directing the Edward Snowden biopic, which everyone anticipated, um, because you can't not make a movie about one of the um, biggest news stories in the last year. Um, Edward Snowden being the guy who uh, worked for the NSA and CIA and DIA, right? DIA? I might be making up acronyms now. (laughs) But uh, he released, you know, um, a bunch of classified information about uh, how much surveillance is really happening here in the United States of America. And, um, you know... Oliver Stone, for me, he's a controversial director, uh, and I don't really care for everything that he makes, so I'm not exactly excited to see him direct this, but I like it more than just some random guy uh, taking on this story. Um, What is your opinion on Edward Snowden as as a person, as this guy who... Swore an oath to uh, not release all these uh, top secret, all this top secret information, and he ended up doing so, and then going into hiding over in Russia. I mean, the only thing, I guess, my biggest thing is, is while it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice to get the information that you wouldn't normally get. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have you have an oath, you have rules, and and while if one person breaks them, you think, well, it's just one person, but if nobody abides by those those laws and those rules, our country and our lifestyle is just going to turn to utter chaos. And so I think, I mean, I don't think what he did was right by any means. And I think that maybe people are kind of overlooking it in his defense because they're not looking at the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I don't, can't say I, I agree with him. I didn't really follow the story too closely. Um Maybe I should have. It was kind of big news. But me and current events were just kind of so-so. Yeah, so I mean, well, it's kind of nice when you think that your government's keeping things from you and and then someone releases information like the WikiLeaks and things like that. Um, I mean, it's kind of nice to kind of get information that 
you think has been hidden from you, but I mean, if everybody did it, then that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. No, and I, I agree with most of that. I mean, gosh, the guy, he's brave. I will say that. I, I won't call him a hero, but I will say he's brave. Um, the American public has a right to know how deep the government is watching them. And we would have never known without someone like Edward Snowden. Mm -hmm. So I think he's brave to come forward with that type of information. What I, I won't call him a hero because what he did was wrong, flat out wrong, illegal. Um, and as much as he says it doesn't put people in danger, it totally does. Mm -hmm. It totally puts people in danger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I know that my government can listen in on my phone calls whenever they want now. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously they don't all the time. They're, they, you know, would have to have a reason to listen to my phone call. But the fact that they can do it so easily is surprising. And the fact that they have a database of license plates. Mm -hmm. You know, this was, a, this was a news article that came out uh, quite a few months ago. Um, that, you know, they have cameras that are watching and tracking your license plate to see where you are going. Mm -hmm. That's concerning. You yeah. know, it, things like that. Yeah. So, so my take on Edward Snowden, he's brave, but he did the wrong thing. Yeah. And I mean, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think that you said it way better than I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but really, though, I think we all kind of knew that the government had a lot more power than we knew about. And I guess it's to the extent now we know yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. But really, when you think about it, I can only imagine that they're doing that plus more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So really, it's not a, a huge shocker to me. It's just kind of more proof to back up thoughts that people have always kind of and it's had. Really, so. Yeah, and it's really like, what are we going to do about it? I don't, think, I don't think the American public is concerned enough to take any action. Right. Like I think I think a third world country, you would see riots and mm -hmm. killings and, you know, a civil war starting. But here, I don't know. People are just too comfortable. Nobody cares enough. Yeah. Nobody no, cares. I, mean, I don't care yeah. enough. You know, I'm, you don't see me protesting yeah, the right. government out there. So my biggest thing is and I know thousands of people disagree with me because this is always my take. Like when people get all upset about thinking that your phone's watching you or whatever, cameras on your phone are always watching you. I have nothing to hide. If the government wants to watch me change, like, watch me change. As long as you don't <laughs> put it on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, do it. I don't care. Well, what if they do go, we're going to okay. put this on the internet <laughs> if you don't tell us all your secrets? I don't have secrets. Whatever. You know what I mean? Or if you had access to classified information, which you kind of do sometimes. Yeah, well. Sometimes it's not that important. <laughs> I mean, they. I can't imagine no, why the yeah. government would want to know but those still, things like, that you know. But, you know, I, I mean, if I they did, it. they but could if they totally gonna, use you. Yeah, but if they were going to go for that, why go for me? I don't have that much access. That's you true. might as well go for yeah. someone higher up than me. I know. I know so really, yeah. in my mind, I have nothing to hide. Spy on me if you want. I don't care. I'm not plotting things. I'm not... You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... And really, when you look, come down to it, there's a lot of people I've talked to who've done a lot more research than I have, yeah. which is zero. I've done zero research because yeah. that's how little I care. So 
if you disagree with me, please note that I'm just kind of talking out my butt right now because <laughs> I don't I don't really care all that much. I mean, yeah. I think I should, but I don't. And, th- and that's what's important because I had a uh, when I was in the military, I had a top secret security clearance, and the the process of getting that it's all about how much do you care about your secrets Mm -hmm. like so you know obviously the simple questions like have you done marijuana Mm -hmm. it's like if you answer no and they find out you did then that's a problem because someone can use that against you Mm -hmm. but if you're like oh yeah you know i smoked it three times in high school which Mm -hmm. i did not but i'm just saying uh if if you admit to it Mm -hmm. then no one can hold anything against you, right? No one can go, if you don't tell us what the U.S. military is up to, we're going to tell everyone that you smoked pot. Yeah, right. Right, so... That's why I don't keep secrets. So, exactly. It's that, you know, if you don't care, then you're fine. You're fine. And that's really how I feel, but um, someone was telling me who had done their research, they were saying how many times that because they're spying and listening for keywords on people's conversations... You don't see how many murders or things that they stop because of that. Mm, and yeah. apparently it's it's more than they kind of let on to, which... Um, but we'll never know. That's yeah, the thing. I they mean... They could be just lying to us. That's true. And I mean, that's, that's a thing too. But it's kind of reassuring to think that while people are annoyed that they're getting spied on, they stopped potentially maybe dying in a mall shooting because mm-hmm. someone was telling their friends about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they think of it one way and they don't kind of look at the good side of things and... So there's that too, but yeah, no, it's there's all, something to think about. It is a very interesting topic, and we could probably devote a whole episode if this was called Camfu and Politics. But, uh, <laughs> so it probably piss off a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, no matter what you say, you could say that chocolate is good. Someone is going to yeah, be yeah. opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. Don't take what I say too rashly. When I'm passionate <laughs> about something, you'll know. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the movies that came out last weekend. Um, <sighs> what? We, we had a big discussion last week about who we, was going to be right yep. and who was going to be wrong. And, and who ended up being right. Definitely not me. Say, say his name. Can I, can I say, okay, remember how I told no, you guys? you got to say his name first. Who was remember right? Remember how we said, you know, if I'm passionate about something? Well, I'm really passionate about <laughs> not liking last week's over-under <laughs> results. <laughs> not good. Cameron Stone was right, right? I'm sorry, who? Cameron Stone. I've um, I've exiled that person from my life. Oh, really? Because you're in the same room with him. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> we're tied now, and I had such a solid lead for a long time in that game, and now we're tied because I got two wrong, and you got two right. <laughs> so Maleficent, Which means I was four ahead of you. I just want to throw that out there. Maleficent made $69.4 million over the weekend, which is just slightly over the predictions, really close. Um, it is now the highest-grossing Angelina Jolie movie. Um, the, the I, I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. So Maleficent is her highest-grossing. Number two is Kung Fu Panda. For sorry, uh, sorry, this is opening weekend oh, okay. only. So so but sorry. Where's yeah. Tomb Raider on this list? Yeah, <laughs> this is opening weekend numbers. Uh, Maleficent is number one. Kung Fu Panda is number two. Wanted is number three. Mister and Mrs. Smith is number four, and Laura Croft Tomb Raider is number five. And there it is. There's more, but I'll just go over those. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Maleficent, comparatively, it made $10 million less than Oz the Great and Powerful, but it made $13 million more than Snow White and the Huntsman, and uh, it made much less than Alice in Wonderland, which was kind of the first dark fantasy movie, because that one made like $116 million opening week, and that movie was ridiculous. Um, Maleficent ended up with uh, 51% on Rotten Tomatoes after its opening weekend, but it has a 77% user rating. So this seems like one of those movies where the critics don't really care for, but the general public audience kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's kind of the sentiment I got from, uh, you know, I'm a member of the Disney fans alias. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a, just a big group of a hundred, hundred or so, uh, actually a couple hundred Disney fans. And those Disney fans really enjoyed Maleficent, um, despite the, uh, bad reviews from critics. I'll say Don was saying that he really, like he really enjoyed the movie almost probably about what he thought he would, or if not more, he said it's a very shallow story. There's not a lot of depth and craziness to it, but what everyone seems to be saying is that the character Angelina Jolie as Maleficent is just phenomenal, like over the top. Couldn't have picked a better person. Mm. Um, so that's really where I've heard most of the people sing praise is uh, her performance as Maleficent. And right. I think that when you really like a character, you're almost more willing to overlook flaws in in a movie. And critics kind of, they kind of put that aside, try to be bias-free and look at the pieces separately and so I think that that might be also why users give it such a high rating if everyone agrees with the people I've talked to so far then they really enjoyed her also yeah. and that could be part of it yeah totally um so yeah that went over prediction and it didn't it did not go under so my gut was wrong I'm never gonna listen to my gut again <laughs> see I originally I told you I originally picked under for this mm-hmm. movie but I changed it and I, I changed li- it before the time you listened to your head well, I, I read some things, right? I oh, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was we like, oh, that. you know, it's it's really the only, like, female movie mm-hmm. out right now. And all the dark fantasy movies seem to do pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I'm really glad I changed my mind. Uh, it worked out for the better for me. Uh, the other movie that came out was A Million Ways to Die in the West. And this definitely underperformed at the yeah. box office. It only made $16.8 million. Um and this was actually the movie that I was planning to go see when I went to the movie theater. And I was literally about to buy a ticket. And I was like, I better check the Rotten Tomato score. Because if it's really bad, mm-hmm. then I don't want to pay $10.50 yeah. to go see it. So I looked it up. Sure enough, 33% Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes at the time. Which, I mean, so we were just talking about movies with bad reviews but have good user reviews. This one does not. This has, like, a 33% critic rating and, like, a 50% user rating. And that is generally a guarantee that it's not going to be very good. Yeah. So I decided not to go to that, and that's when I was looking at X-Men, and I was like, well, the next one is 3D. <laughs> I don't want to go see no X-Men movie. in 3D. Yeah, Yeah, I was kind of worried about how uh, that movie was going to do, given I was really excited for it and hopeful. And uh, Jeff and I almost went to see it, like, two or three different times this weekend, and and uh, our friends that we were going to go with didn't want to see it. So that was a red flag there. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking to his parents another day saying that we were planning on going to see it later in the afternoon. And they were like, what movie is that? And so we sent them a trailer and they were like, oh, that looks really funny. And oh, that's the same guy that did did Ted after we told him. And so yeah. 
they were kind of excited for it after that. But the fact that, I mean, maybe they're just catering to, like, one age demographic or one type of person because they had no clue. They hadn't even seen a single commercial for it when I was just saying last week how I've seen so much about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess a lot of a lot of factors probably played into that. But I was getting... I was pretty worried around s- Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And uh, th- for good reason. I think a couple other factors that I, I read about that I thought were interesting, and I might have mentioned it, but I can't remember if I did. But um, one, that it's a Western comedy, and mm-hmm. most most people our age and younger don't have much experience with Westerns. Mm-hmm. Like, Westerns are kind of a rare thing now. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the last Western that came out. I mean, I remember the last one that came out that I enjoyed, and that was... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. No, no, actually... It's not um, a Western. It is. Oh, right? what never... was the Coen Brothers one? Um, shoot, you know, that it would be that one, and I can't remember the name of the, the, name of the movie right now. I'm thinking of one, but I don't think it's the same one you're thinking of. And I, in fact, I don't think I would even classify this as a Western. Yeah. But I'll be curious when you say it if, if it's the same. Well, the other one I was thinking of before this one was 310 to Yuma. Oh. Um, but uh, the one that I'm thinking about that's Coen Brothers is True Grit. Oh. Yeah. That was Not a Western. What I was of. Yeah. So um, other than that, I mean, we, yeah. So kids, kids might not understand the Western thing, and also, I know there was Red Dead Redemption, that game. There's yeah, there was a game. I played that game, got all excited about the westerns after that. Well, there you go. It's like Grand Theft Auto on a horse. I know. It's awesome. I've heard good things. I never played it though. Um, the other thing about A Million Ways to Die was uh, that Seth MacFarlane is still not really marketable as mm-hmm. a performer. You know, his voice, sure. Yeah. But him as an actor, not too much experience there. In fact, has he ever acted in a film before in person? You know, I don't know. Exactly. So I think that's that's another really good point. So he did a lot of uh, uh, roasts on Comedy Central. He did the roasts. And I think he even he did a had, couple, didn't he? He had a sitcom that he created, I, mm-hmm. and I think he guest starred on it. But I don't think he he starred. But yeah, uh, I don't think he's still not just he's he's just yeah. not marketable as a person. Okay. Apparently, he has a phenomenal singing voice. I didn't know that. Someone I'll be sure. Me. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He does all the the singing. Oh, and that's true. Family yeah. Guy, so. But no, uh, Jeff's parents when we when they lo- looked him up and whatever, and we told them who he was. They're like, oh, that's the guy with the really great voice. Apparently, he does like opera singing or something oh i didn't yeah he does know he does, he does something and i mean not opera but it's kind of like opera-esque like mm, mm. like i guess like show tune kind of music yeah. which would make, make oh yeah sense. no definitely but yeah, yeah um yeah they were raving about what a phenomenal uh, voice he had so nice all right so let's talk about the two big movies that are coming out this weekend the weekend of june 6th <laughs> june 6th through the 8th um, first movie we'll talk about is called The Fault in Our Stars, and this is the teen romance starring Shailene Woodley from The Spectacular Now <laughs> and The Descendants. Oh. And... Don't hurt yourself thinking over there. 
I know, it's really difficult. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't write any of this down. His eyes are closed. She's on the um, ABC family show that's been going on for a while. Switch to birth. No. They, uh, the one that's going on for longer than that. Pretty Little Liars. Uh, no. I don't know who this the girl other is, one. so I'm just oh, kind of okay. spewing stuff out. Anyway, um, she looks different in this movie because she cut all her hair off. So the Secret Life of an American a, Teenager. Yeah, that one. Boom. Sh- Shailene Woodley's in that one. That's where she got her start. But now she's in this one. Um, it also stars a guy named Ansel Elgort. <laughs> <laughs> Ansel Elgort? What is wrong with parents these days? I don't know, but I don't want to be <laughs> in his class. Um, uh, it also has Laura Dern in it, who... Uh, oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Um, she was the main chick mm. on there. <laughs> you like how I describe her? And then, <laughs> you uh, know, that one girl who did that one part in yeah. the one movie. And Willem Dafoe is also in it, and he's always creepy. I don't think I know who that is. Willem Dafoe? I might know him if I saw him. Uh, oh, you, you would definitely know him if you saw him, because he's the creepiest, one of the creepiest looking <laughs> actors ever. Um, like Spider-Man. Creepier than uh, the, the Steve to- Buscemi? He's on par with Steve Buscemi. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the origi- in the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, uh-huh. he was the bad guy, the um, Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, creepy. Like James Franco's dad? Yes. Okay. In the movie. He's pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, anyway, apparently he's in it too. Um, this movie looks like a Nicholas Sparks book to movie mm-hmm. you know all his his films are like these kind of romance with some type of tragedy going <laughs> on at the same time you know um but it's actually uh based on a novel by a guy named john green uh the story is apparently revolves around a 16 year old who's diagnosed with cancer and she is forced to uh, attend a support group uh by her parents and um she ends up meeting a boy and falling in love Aww. with him but i mean they have cancer so yeah it's gonna end in tragedy right you <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of reminds me of a, a walk to remember mm-hmm. which is by nicholas yeah. sparks so there you go sounds like that but uh it's written by the uh team that brought us 500 days of summer and the spectacular mm-hmm. spectacular now last year um uh, their names are Michael Michael H. Weber and Scott Neustadter. Neustadter. That's a good last name. Um, and this movie is directed by Josh Boone, who uh, really has only done one movie before, and it was kind of mediocre. It was called Stuck in Love. I don't, you know, I don't know if you remember this movie with Greg Kinnear and Jennifer <laughs> Conley. No, but you know what reminds me of the name? Huh. The movie Stuck on Me. Well, yeah. Do you remember didn't that? that? Didn't Do you that have that? Greg Kinnear too? I don't know. <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> Wasn't it? It was Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon, right? They yeah. Were, they were yeah, the two yeah, stuff. That yeah. That's so, funny because when you first said the name, I was like, that kind of sounds familiar. But then I was like, that's not the same So this movie, one's so. called Stuck in Love with yeah. Greg Kinnear. Anyway, the same <laughs> guy who directed that movies. directed uh, The Fault in Our Stars. And that's going wide this weekend. I haven't seen much marketing, but I bet they're, it's probably because they're not aiming towards the demographic, my demographic, they're probably, there's probably a bunch of ads on like ABC Family and the CW. Yeah, I haven't really seen much for it either, but I was reading an an article on, it was like Cosmopolitan or something. You love uh, Cosmopolitan, don't you? I do. Do I talk about it a lot? I think you've mentioned it once or twice. Well, they post a lot of like really interesting like articles and studies and stuff. about sex. 
Shh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's well. They get you with something interesting. And oh, they get you it. with the sex. No, they, and no, then they you get, find out. No, they get you with something normal, and then it's all the side pain of sex oh. that you have to click on because sure. you don't just not click on it. Yeah, but you can't just not click for on. some reason. Yes, you can. You well, have a choice. Well, because like I try not to peruse Facebook at work too often, right? Mm. But when I do, like I'll click Cosmopolitan from the page because I'm like, unless it says not safe for work. But then for some reason, I feel <laughs> once I'm already on the Cosmopolitan website, <laughs> I'm free to click you anything and it doesn't matter. So not safe for work once I'm already on Cosmopolitan apparently <laughs> isn't a thing. So, but yeah, so they always reel me in with with normal things, and then <laughs> but yeah, anyways, Cosmopolitan had something about that movie and that was the first time and actually kind of the only time I have heard anything about it until I think I saw a trailer the other night oh what are you shaking tic tacs <laughs> why do you even need a tic tac now we're like freaking 20 feet apart from each other I know it's the, it's the orange flavor though and everyone knows the orange flavor is the best flavor so you're just eating to enjoy a tic tac you're the only person I know that does that. The other movie coming what? out this weekend is called Edge of Tomorrow. You're lucky I'm saving the Twizzlers for later. Oh, gosh. Twizzlers are like the gross, grossest kind of licorice you could eat, too. What? Yes. Dep- well, cherry or raspberry or strawberry. All oh, of them. Strawberry. All of them. All the Twizzlers. I'll they be taste the like that. candle wax. What? Yeah. I'm Ooh. not the only one that thinks this. There's probably a Facebook page for it. Twizzlers taste like candle wax. Like <laughs> I'm going to start it if not. Totally. Comment on this podcast <laughs> if you think Twizzlers are the most delicious thing ever. Yeah. No, don't do that. Um, Maybe not ever. The I, other movie coming out. I don't out, want to endorse them being the best thing ever. <laughs> the other Carry movie on. coming out this weekend is Edge of Tomorrow. It's the Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt movie um, where he's like a time-traveling military dude. That's all I really know. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, that's Um, all I know, too. The movie is actually based on a Japanese manga called All You Need Is Kill. (laughs) A little bit of English there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The basic idea is that it's a military soldier who uh, fights in a really big battle and ends up getting killed. But then he wakes up returning to the day before the battle. And he's stuck in this continuous time loop of dying in the battle, coming back the day before the battle. And so it's kind of him trying to figure out, how do I help win this battle? Kind of like Groundhog Day? It's the, it's Groundhog Day mixed with Titanfall. (laughs) Sweet! (laughs) Yeah. Um, The uh, screenwriters, um, one of them, I think there's three of them, but one of them is Christopher McQuarrie, who uh, has collaborated with Tom Cruise quite a bit. Um, I think he did Valkyrie and Jack Reacher with him. And Jack Reacher, I know Macquarie also directed. So, so there's there's some uh, there's a little bit of uh, collaboration there. Um, but Macquarie is also the guy who has written um, uh, The Usual Suspects, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. And he also wrote uh, The Tourist with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. I really like that movie. Yeah. See, so he he's done some decent stuff, and he's supposedly going to be directing the next Mission Impossible movie oh. with Tom Cruise once again. So, um, so yeah, the guy... Uh, Is that why all Tom Cruise movies look the same? Or it, feel the same? It might be, actually. <laughs> yeah, this guy seems to kind of write the same things. Even The Tourist mm-hmm. is kind of the same as, you know, Valkyrie, or, mm-hmm. or not Valkyrie, um, uh, what's the one that I was thinking about? 
Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. Kind of has that feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the guy directing is Doug Lehman. He's mostly known for doing Swingers, The Born Identity, and he also did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, Edge of Tomorrow currently sits at an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes with 54 reviews in, and I can tell you safely that I am actually looking forward to this movie. I will say that when it, when I first saw previews for it, like a long-ass time ago, I wasn't that excited about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I was like, ugh, another one of these movies. But as I've been seeing more previews for it and it's getting closer, I'm like, you know, this is a movie that I might enjoy enjoy going to watch. Yeah. I'm not usually a big fan of Tom Cruise movies, or at least I don't think I am until I see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't really go out of my way to watch many of his movies because, again, they all feel the same to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this one. I like Tom Cruise movies. I mean, as much as the guy has a bad rep for his personal life, he's still a great actor, mm-hmm. and he does fun roles. I'll say they are fun movies when I get around to watching them. Yeah. I just don't think, man, I gotta go see Jack Reacher in the mm-hmm. theater this weekend, or man, I don't, I gotta go see that next Mission Impossible. Okay, yeah, maybe I guess Mission I don't. Impossible. I don't look at it that way either. I don't look at it as a, oh, I really want to see that Tom Cruise movie. It's more of, he just picks really good stories like oh i want to see oblivion not because it has tom cruise Mm -hmm. but oblivion just looks like an interesting movie or i want to see jack reacher not because of tom cruise i just think that looks like a good movie yeah see to to me though i see a movie like reacher and i just see tom cruise you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i think oh it's a tom cruise movie i don't see it for the storyline i see it for the fact that it's tom cruise and then that kind of shies me away from it but i mean Another prime example is the movie Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. That story did not look interesting to me, mm-hmm. and so I did not see it. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I, I probably would have put money on the fact that you saw <laughs> Night and Day. But, I um, didn't say that I thoroughly enjoyed it, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Edge of Tomorrow definitely has, um, for me, the appeal of time travel. I love time travel movies, any movie that deals with time travel, because it's always always messes with your brain Mm -hmm. um but also you know that it's based on a on a manga and we don't get to see that too often in american cinema Mm -hmm. a hollywood movie being made out of a japanese uh intellectual property so uh so i'm really looking forward to it and uh i think that is it for our show today Uh, Once again, if you want to play in our trivia game, you just leave a comment on this episode on our Facebook page. This is episode 14, and your name will be put in a hat in which we will draw a name, and you will get to play against me or Christiana. How about that? You can pick either of us. Oh, what? Yes. And compete against us for trivia for your chance to win a fabulous... Prize. <laughs> prize. <laughs> you get to talk on the phone to Christiana for five minutes. Oh my goodness. It's that, a consol- That's actually a pretty good prize. It's a consolation prize. You can mm-hmm. say anything to her too. You can just be like, I hate your guts. <laughs> you are the worst. I want Andrew back on the show. Just tell her whatever. She, she Let's won't. not push it too far. Everyone knows that's a lie. Nobody yeah. wants Andrew yeah, back no on the show. Yeah, no one will believe that. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us this week. We will talk to you later. Say bye-bye, Christiana. Bye-bye, Christiana. Bye-bye, Christiana.